What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, hello, haunters, and welcome to another episode of Haunting the Globe. In this episode, I speak with Madison Rhodes from Crossroads Escape Games about their new experience, The Seance. And The Seance is a frightening interactive theatrical experience with live actors and special effects. In this episode, we discuss how and why Madison and her team came up with The Seance and what you can expect if you're going to be attending this season. Let's roll it. If I could just have you introduce yourself and uh, kind of give us the name of your experience. Um, my name is Madison Rhodes, and I am the co-owner and creative director of Crossroads Escape Games, and we just opened up The Seance this year. So tell me a little bit about the story behind The Seance. The Seance, it's hard to say too much because there's quite a few twists and turns in it, but it starts off as an average Seance. You and um, up to seven other guests are invited to join Madame Ruby in her Seance parlor. And you are here to try and communicate with the dead. Can you give me a little bit about the structure of the experience? Yeah, it's um, like I understand you don't want to give anything away, but like, but a little bit like of the structures and like, um, where do we go and and roughly like how long do we expect to spend in the experience and like, you know, are we are we, are we walking? Are we sitting? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it's at um, our location, Crossroads Escape Games. It's in the attic. Um, and you'll be in her parlor for the entire time. It's an hour-long experience. And um, it's an interactive experience. So um, you're not just sitting there with her. You, are in, you do need to get up and engage with your surroundings and with the actors and push the story forward. I remember seeing this and being very intrigued about it um, because it's like an interactive uh, horror experience. But I also think that that is difficult well it's because i know this is an emerging field but because it's kind of an emerging field there's not a lot of rules and we're kind of just like what's happening (laughs) yeah Um, so (laughs) to someone who's like not not sure like to try and decide what it is or what it's like um can you tell us as much as you can about how this is different from other things that are around there uh, or or that are around in the area like you know it's it's not it's not an escape room but it's I guess it's not a haunted attraction and it's not like immersive theater because it's like, it's like scary. So so where does it sit and how is it different? Yeah. um, It's like I said, it starts off like a normal seance. So you're just kind of all around the table um, trying to contact the dead. And we have quite a bit of really great um, special effects that happen too, uh, that are the ghosts trying to communicate with you. Um, You, it's hard to say without giving it away because there are a lot of fun twists. But um, I guess the the thing that makes this the most different from other interactive uh, experiences is that there are puppets involved, like human-sized puppets. 
And those are our spirits that you get to see. And we chose puppets because they just move in such an unnatural kind of way that's so creepy and creature-like that we've um, just incorporated that into the show. Well, that sounds very interesting. So it's it's an hour-long experience and it, it kind of sits at the intersection of all these where you're going to a seance and kind of the, the seance yeah. goes right or it goes wrong depending on, on how you view it. You know it's going to go wrong because yeah. then there wouldn't be any fun involved, right? <laughs> you have to yeah. have a, kind of challenge. And then we have a lot of like um, uh, escape room elements to it too, which helps get people kind of off their feet into something that they're a little bit more familiar with if they are a little hesitant at first to interact Um, but people really start getting into the groove and, um, they start, uh, really interacting with the spirits and yeah, they'll, they'll leave feeling very accomplished. I'll just put it that way. Perfect. Give us the details. Um, when is it running and and what days and how much and, uh, information for getting tickets, et cetera. Yeah. Um, it's running October 2nd through November 3rd. We're open Wednesdays through Sundays. That way people who work in the hot field can actually come see it. Cause I know that's always the problem. Um, and, uh, you can get tickets on our website at crossroadsescapegames.com and our tickets run between 45 to $60 per person, depending on um, the date and the time. Can you tell us uh, roughly how many people are per group? Eight is the max. Okay. Got it. So we got a little bit better an idea of the structure. You're going in, it's like eight people for an hour, which is which is a low throughput experience, which is very exciting, you know, because yeah. it's going to be very intimate. <laughs> yes, you get a lot of one-on-one time with the actors and everyone gets to experience it. Whereas like, you know, if it's a large group, sometimes you're you're left out. Yes, or or you're, you know, you're conga lining. <laughs> or yeah. like yeah. um, so last thing I have here about the event, just about this one. Um, are there any tips or recommendations you would give to people considering it or people that are coming for it? Yeah. Um, it's, it gets pretty scary. I'm going to just throw that out there. There are some pretty terrifying moments. Um, you will be touched lightly on like the hands, arms, shoulders, back, and there's also fog and strobe lights. So just be aware of that. Um, it also takes place in our attics. You need to be able to navigate stairs on your own to get there. Um, and that's basically as far as all the warnings go. So I understand that this is a new experience for you. Um, and, and I'm, I'm very curious as to why, or what what was kind of the the impetus behind wanting to, to set up something like this, because it is, is new, but it's also kind of, um, I think a little step removed from some of the, the mainstays that you operate. So it's very interesting to me to see you breaking in this direction. I'm, I'm curious as to, as to why. Yeah. Well, okay. So, um, I, I did delusion when it very first opened, I was an actress in it in its very first year, which I think was like 2012 or 11. I'm not even too sure anymore. Um, and then I worked on the Queen Mary's dark Harbor, uh, as one of their scenic painters. And I, I just kind of loved all this stuff. And my husband and I ran into escape rooms and, you know, we have a, we both went to school for theater and we're like, this is wonderful. This is kind of what we've always wanted is like to be in the story. That's, I don't know. We just, we fell in love with it. So we opened up our escape rooms um, and we had the idea for the seance really early on as one of our very first games, but we felt like the world wasn't quite ready for it. Like back then, back in like 2015, like the only thing that was doing this type of stuff was either Sleep No More or Delusion. 
And it was a very small kind of niche of people. Like even escape rooms were still like completely new. Um, so we held off for a while. Um, we did Hex Room and Fun House. And then we created Psych Ward last year, which was like our game changer. It's like an escape room with some board game and immersive theater elements. And we just kind of wanted to play with the idea of what entertainment could be and that you can't be just stuck to one genre. You know, it, the best things are when you start getting inspired and drawing from all these different areas. So that one has like an escape room with some strategy involved, some immersive theater involved. And it just kind of acted as a really good bridge to the seance now, which is more of an immersive theater experience with some haunt and some escape room elements. So I guess what we're doing is just kind of like growing and combining all the things that we enjoy and just being inspired by all forms of entertainment to just create something new. That is fascinating. And it's also, I think, very smart. Um, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of what you've done with Crossroads. And I think every element um, is, is very thought out uh, from your marketing to kind of the, the way that you position everything. And I think even the statement of you saying people were not ready for it is kind of brilliant in terms of understanding the target market and where you are. And it's like being an independent, smaller company, you know, you're not universal <laughs> or, or, you know, like Queen Mary, you, you have those experiences, but you're not, you know, in that area. So it's like understanding when your customer base has the reference point of those experiences so that you don't have to teach them what it is. I think that's, that's brilliant. It's like, it's like, and it's, you're like, oh, you know, we, we want to do this thing, but our customer is not going to be ready for it. And it's like explaining what it is to them will not go as far because there's not, there's not large reference pools to, for the customer to draw from. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what we learned the most when we opened up Hex Room. Um, this was also like in uh, early 2016 when escape rooms were just known by like a handful of people. And we already were like changing the game design by you know, splitting everyone up into their own individual room and then giving these them these like cliche horror movie characters to play out. And people loved it. But we also noticed that there was just a huge learning curve because they already were playing their very first escape room, but now they were alone in their own individual room. And we, we recognized that it was a lot. So that's what actually caused us to open up the fun house, which is more of a traditional escape room as a way for people to um, learn, like play, you know, fun house, which is a little bit easier. You're all together. You understand how these puzzles work to then move into hex room and, and get an extra challenge that way. And what do you think that the largest challenge for you is going to be this year in creating this experience? Well, we're, we open on Wednesday, so hopefully all the challenges are done. <laughs> Um, I would say the biggest challenge we had to overcome was the puppetry. It was something that was new to everyone involved. And we just kind of, um, I, I just sketched out some of my ideas. And then some of our game masters here at Crossroads are interested in um, fabrication. So one of them um, 3D printed a kind of like structure for it. And then another game master of ours foam sculpted on top of it to make it match the sketch a little bit more. And it was all just a really big learning process between the three of us to try and like figure out the mechanics of these puppets and how we wanted them to move. Um, that was, that was a lot to, to learn and, and overcome. It sounds like, you know, the seance is a 
kind of a culmination of, as you said, what you have learned and uh, pieces of different experiences that you have created. Um, so I'm really interested to hear some some of your kind of like your best stories uh, from some of the other other experiences that you have created. Oh my gosh, that's hard. Um, <laughs> well, I have to say like watching escape rooms is pretty fun. Like watching people try and solve is great. I feel like I have a million stories from those. I know our game masters have to go home talking about what they saw that day. And it could just be either like you see something that's like genius, like no one's ever thought of this before. Or um, another thing that's really weird is we have this saying called residual energy, which is where a group will do something that you've never seen ever happen before. And then the next group will do the exact same thing. And then the third group will do that exact same thing. And then it won't happen again for years. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> that is crazy. Like residual. It really is residual, like residual psychic energy. Yeah. yeah. And it's like they, these people think they're having a unique original idea, but it's like, no, this last group just did that. Okay. So like for an example, in the hex room, there are canned food um, props. And we had one person for some reason, stack all the canned food on top of the fridge, right onto the ledge. So then when they opened up the fridge, all this canned food came crashing down on them. Like it was something so weird. And also like, why would you put all this canned food so high above you? It it doesn't make any sense. And then the following two groups after that incident did the exact same thing. It is just bizarre. Yeah, that's... um. That's pretty bizarre, but I definitely believe that it's some sort of residual, residual psychic thing, or or potentially something that I don't even know. It, like once you see it, then maybe you you do something like slightly different, or in your body language in the intake for the next group, somehow it's like communicated to them. <laughs> Since I don't know, I haven't thought of it that way. Um, yeah, I don't. It's it's weird. It's weird watching people and seeing how they think. But I, I mean, my favorite moment in watching all this stuff is the brain blast moment, you know, when they're working so hard on something and then all of a sudden like that light bulb just goes off and they're like, wait a second, guys, I know it. And then they they are able to open up the lock and they just get such a, an adrenaline rush and, you know, they feel so good about it. Okay. So on the topic of uh, getting brain blasts and, and what, what makes what you enjoy about things and about what... Um, about people in general. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about you now instead and about uh, your time in the industry. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned a little bit about what you did previously, your previous roles. Um, when did you first consider yourself a haunter? Like when did you first put that label on yourself that you were a haunter? I don't know if I would even label myself as that now, just because of what we do is just so different than the norm. I feel like, um, there's something about the word haunter that just goes with the traditional haunt, like what you would see at knots or mm-hmm. our and stuff. Um, and not that we don't enjoy that stuff, like we do, but we are just interested in doing something different. So if haunter just means someone who enjoys making haunted attractions, then then I would say that was me since, you know, 2012 acting in delusion. Um, but if it means something more in a traditional sense, I, I don't think I don't think we're there yet. That's great. Well, it, it also shows a little bit too how how you position the experience. You know, you experience the seance as um, a theatrical 
uh, horror experience and not necessarily it not not in that vein of of extreme haunts or any of that stuff. I don't want to get into any of that discussion, but just kind of like it's interesting to see how you position it in relation to the classic haunted attraction industry, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, we definitely take elements that we love from haunts into it, but I would say in no way is it like that. You can just see the inspiration behind it. So on that note, um, thinking about how, how you consider this, um, why, why do you do this? Why, why did you decide to, overall, did you decide to move into this, uh, doing this kind of work, and, and what, what keeps you doing it um, year after year? Yeah. Um, well, the escape rooms happened just because um, my husband and I, we always wanted to open up our own theater. And then, like I said, we stumbled upon escape rooms and we were like, this is it. Like, we like this so much more. And then um, it's funny now that we're doing this theatrical production. So we're going back to what we, <laughs> what we kind of already wanted to do in the first place. Um, but I feel like with the seance in particular, I've, I've always wanted to go to a seance. I don't know if this is like a common thing for everyone, but like, I just really want to go on ghost hunts and I want to go to seances and I want to explore the paranormal more. And I don't feel like there's a lot of really, um, there's not a lot of experiences for like the general public to do that. You know, there's a lot of like individual companies that can do ghost hunts or seances, but it's like a, you got to know the right person to do it type of thing. So um, I kind of just got fed up with that and I just wanted to make my own seance. So we did. I think that I, I would want to go to a seance. Like I kind of agree with you, um, but also just because it always um, it always shows up in in those like classic horror films or classic Halloween films that everybody loves. There's always a seance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you like horror films, and I feel like going to a seance is on the bucket list. So I'm curious now about um, what would you say to somebody who is thinking about getting into any of these industries? Um, because I, I think you kind of you kind of straddle. Um, some different different things, you know, like you said, you want to open a theater and, and you've kind of, I think with the seance, it sounds like you're getting very close to a theatrical, you know, I mean, you build it as a theatrical experience, but it, it, I think it's much closer to um, theater than it is necessarily escape rooms or certainly on attractions, but you've kind of bounced through um, each of the industries. So what would you say to somebody who's thinking about getting into um, any of these industries or or maybe just is in that same kind of feeling that you were where they're like, I want to do something theatrical and like, I don't know what to do. Cause there's definitely theater, you know, the, the through string here is, is theater and there's theater in every of these experiences, you know? So I'm just curious what you would tell somebody. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can actually get a lot of people who are interested in opening up escape rooms. They reach out to us and my advice, and I think this goes for all forms of entertainment is just do something unique. Do something original that hasn't been done out there. Um, I'm kind of tired of going to escape rooms because I feel like I have already robbed a bank and (laughs) escaped from jail or survived a zombie apocalypse. Like I've just done those themes so many times that it's just getting kind of boring. Um, And then, I mean, same thing goes with haunts. I think there's just something that you need to try and explore something that hasn't been done and keep people engaged that way. So if you're interested in, in joining this industry, like just do something you haven't seen before, because I feel like people are really craving that. Well, one, I totally agree. Um, and from my, uh, our, our marketing podcast and my marketing background, that's something we talk about a lot is kind of the purple cow thing of, you know, you have to 
you have to create something unique and it can't be for everybody. And that's, that's the, the only way that it's going to actually attract customers because they have, you know, customers have to be able to know whether or not something is for them, but they also have to know whether something is not for them. Like they have to be able to know immediately which way it is. So like, it's okay to, to say that like, you know, that this experience, you know, it's, it's okay to say, if you like Horror Nights, you're not going to like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's good also to warn people like if things are going to be extreme or and what your definition of extreme is and stuff too. Like with this one, we have some light touching, which I know for some people, any sort of touching is all of a sudden extreme to them. Um, so just laying out that stuff up front, I think is always really good because you don't want to get a customer who came in expecting one thing and they got another, even if what you're giving them is is, you know, a high quality product. If it's not what they expected, then they're just not going to be happy. Well, and I know that you, you've, you're you pretty involved with the industry. I think with all, with both industries, the haunted attraction industry and with the um, escape room industry. Um, so I know that you've seen a lot of, you go to the conventions and you've seen a lot of the conversations around it. Um, what advice do you think that's out there that you hear a lot that you think people should ignore? Oh, that's hard. I guess playing it safe is one that I hear a lot. Like for your first time, you know, play it safe. I would still say to go to know your audience, like what we did, but don't like drop your idea completely. Uh, And I think it also goes for like budget wise too. Sometimes people have a really great idea, but they just didn't have the, the money behind it for it to actually be presented properly. And you kind of leave going like, that was cool, but it, sh- it could have been so much more. Like, I feel like that's, that's a really weird feeling afterwards when you're like, you enjoy something because you see what it's supposed to be. I say go all in and show people what it is that you've been thinking of this whole time and, and show them what you've got. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think that that's great advice to ignore kind of um even though there's that there's that business half of it right which is like let's make sure we make the business case for this um on the flip side of that you have to understand that investment in the experience is is roi you know like you're when you're creating puppets you are creating assets that are going to be um reused you know so that it's more like looking at it like asset depreciation it's not looking at it like kind of um like a one-time cost or like a, a temporary event kind of cost thing. I think that that mindset is important. Well, when we opened up our escape room, um, we went all in because we saw like back again, early escape rooms, there was no production design to any of them. Like they were just office buildings and you were solving a murderer that a detective couldn't solve or I don't know. The themes were pretty <laughs> lame and they were low quality yep. stuff. <laughs> And, I remember those days. <laughs> they were terrible. <laughs> yeah. And, and we saw that like this can be a production. Like we just, we need, you know, to design an immersive set around this and get people engaged in the story and why they're here. So we, um, we were saving up for a house for a long time and we just decided to take all that and put it into opening up this business and just creating what it is that we personally wanted to experience. And, um, Thankfully, it worked out for us, but it was a really scary uh, thing to do just to take this huge chunk of money and just invest it in yourself. But I think it was the best decision we've made. That's, that's an incredible story. And it, it's awesome too, because it kind of, it shows people, well, a little bit about, um, I don't want to say this, I don't know how to say this politically correct, so I'm thinking. <laughs> 
I think it's just even a little bit about uh, kind of the sacrifices too that go into making small businesses work. Because it's like, everyone's like, oh, small business, it's going to work out and it's going to be amazing. It's like, yeah, you know, it can be amazing, but there's, a, there's, a, there's often a lot of trade-offs, you know, to, to these types of things. And so that's a great example of a trade-off. Like, you know, we, we were going to like, kind of like, quote unquote, start our lives in a house, you know, and kind of start going down that, that road of life. But we, you know, yeah. we decided like, we, <laughs> we can't do that. And that, that's a pretty big, um, that's a pretty big bet. And it's a pretty big um, decision and, and re- like a big disruptor. It's like a lot of people would not be okay with just potentially losing all that money and, and maybe like not getting a house for another 10 years kind of a thing. For sure. And it was a roller coaster. Don't get me wrong. We quickly found out we did not have enough money to start a business and then it get into the loans and the debt. Like it was, it was a, it was a disaster for a little bit there, but we just, we had a clear goal in mind and we had a clear idea of what it is that we wanted to bring because we knew what the industry was lacking. And, um, thankfully it was well received by everyone else. And we talked a lot about some of the stuff that you learned and, and a lot of your journey. Um, I wonder if you could um, encapsulate for this, like if you were to boil this down into the two biggest things you've learned, um, what, would, what would that be? I would say um, number one is you can't do everything yourself, <laughs> especially if um, you're, it's your own business. You feel like you can, you can run it all, um, and that's not the case. You have to be able to have mental breaks, and you also just have to be able to rely on other people. I think the best thing about doing this business is being able to see our employees shine and step up to the plate and be responsible, as well as recognize from ourselves that there's things that we're just not talented in, right? Like we don't know anything about lighting design or sound design or special effects. So we've reached out to other individuals to fill these gaps. So then that way we can make the the best production that we possibly can instead of just putting it all on our plate and getting overwhelmed and, and not having the proper experience. Perfect. Okay. How has a, a failure or maybe an apparent, an apparent failure set you up for later success? That's hard. Um, thankfully, we don't have too many failures. <laughs> Knock on wood. Um, I would say the, when we first opened up the hex room, not that it was a failure, but we, um, we recognized that it was too difficult and people weren't quite ready for how extreme it was being, you know, locked away on their own, that we quickly revamped the whole thing, which cost a lot of money in, in the process. And um, we designed an, an even better game. That's great. I, I like that. It shows, um, it shows how you listen to and, and adjust for the market. So, you know, which has kind of been one of the themes that we've heard going throughout this is, is you, um, listening to customers and watching what they do and knowing when you can um, logistically, but also, um, I guess, like emotionally or customer-wise, be able to introduce some things. Yeah, I mean, customers, this is the reason why we're doing it, right? Is for other people. So if, they're, if they have problems with it, you know, it's our job to listen and, and to change. And with that being said, it's, you can't please everyone. So it's also been quite a, a learning process to to watch groups and to take criticism and feedback and just kind of compile it on the side and then just kind of wait and see what are reoccurring themes that you can then go, okay, this, this is definitely a problem if we've had, you know, X amount of people say that this puzzle doesn't make sense or, or something yeah. along 
along those lines. And then you can actually make changes. But if you're changing towards every single person's critique, then it will be never ending. (laughs) You'll never be able to please them all. So I'm curious, besides seances, what is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love besides seances? Because we we know the seances part. Um, (laughs) uh, Well, I recently got into ghost hunting. I really love that. Um, It was first for research for this project, but I've I've kind of really fell in love with it. Um, And then, I mean, if you talk to my friends, my love for horror movies is absurd, but I'm sure for this audience, it's not. (laughs) But um, I'm really trying to see almost every single like big name horror movie out there. Like I recently read a book that was like 101 horror movies you have to see before you die. And um, I disagreed with that list. So I've made my own list and I'm still trying to accumulate everyone's like kind of top pick horror films and, um, and see them all. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Well, since you mentioned reading, um, do you have uh, one or, or two books maybe that have greatly influenced your life overall? I would say my favorite novel ever is Catch-22. Uh, I know it's not horror-related, but it opened my eyes in high school that, like, stories can be more than just stories. Like, it was, you know, it was such a criticism towards life, and the satirical element of it was just, like, mind-blowing to me. But I think a really inspirational book is Jonathan Livingston Siegel, which is a really cute story about a seagull seeking enlightenment. And I think everyone should read it. It's a very quick read. Oh, that's great. Duly noted. Okay. Okay. So worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the last question I have for you is thinking back over, I guess your, your history and, and everything that we've covered today, you know, how have you changed back from, I guess through this experience of, of, of leaving for working for other people and then moving into working on your own thing and then creating this, these theatrical experiences in these escape rooms, um, how have you changed over this process? Um, I'm probably more confident after creating so many things that have been, um, that people have enjoyed, that we've gotten positive feedback from. I'm more confident now in my decisions that I know what fun is. I know how to make something fun. Um, that's probably number one. Um, and just the responsibilities of operating a business and managing employees and managing your time to create something and also keep the business running and stuff. That, that's been huge. That's like a, a learning curve like no other. But I think I finally got it down. Sounds like it. <laughs> okay. So we're at the end here. Is there anything else that you would like to share with me or anything else that you would like to mention before we sign off? Uh, Yeah. So one thing that's kind of interesting about the seance is we've actually designed it to be a show that we can sell to other historical locations or just other locations anywhere across the nation, across the world, whoever wants it. So we designed it to be very minimally invasive. There's just props that you need. Nothing actually has to be like attached to the walls or ceiling or anything like that to make it happen. And we did this because we know historical locations are very much like, you can't touch anything. It's all pristine, right? And our goal for that was because we see these really great things like, you know, Sleep No More and um, all these other great immersive theater shows. And for some reason, the creators are just so attached to them that they won't let them go and let them be produced or put on by anyone else. And we don't understand why. So we've created this to be something that you can purchase and you can put on your own seance. And 
it's specifically marketed to historical locations. So they can get some kind of income during the October season for their nonprofit and um, have this, you know, experience that I really anyone can do. Okay, that that is fascinating. I really like that model, especially for making it available for historical locations and kind of a package set for somebody who who has a, an attraction that wants to add something into what they're doing. So sounds great. Kudos. Thank you. Alrighty. Well, I think that's, that's just about it for today. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been great. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you liked this episode, please consider giving us a review wherever you're listening to this. And are you interested in being on the show? Or do you know someone who should be on the show? Well, drop me a line at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production. Achieve more with all our products at www.hauntedattractionnetwork.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.